Glory be to Jesus Christ, glory be forever. It's Father Basil again, doing another podcast, reading from this document, Love is Our Mission, The Family Fully Alive. And now I'm reading from what's called The Family and the Parish Depend Upon Each Other. The Ecclesia Domestica cannot exist, of course, without the Ecclesia. The domestic church implies a relationship to the universal church. The family, to be a little church, must be well integrated into the big church, that is, into the family of God that Christ came to form. Regular participation on Sunday Mass with the universal church is a sine qua non for the domestic church to fulfill its name. The universal church is the barren teacher of God's covenant with his people, the same covenant which enables and sustains married and family life. Pope Benedict XVI spoke of the parish as a family of families, which is able to share with each other not only the joys but the inevitable difficulties of initiating family life. Certainly, sacraments, and very often the corporal works of mercy, can be helpfully facilitated by the parish. Children need to see their parents and other adults in their lives demonstrating solidarity with the poor and doing things which serve the poor. Parishes and dioceses can help provide these occasions. The domestic church serves the parish and is served by the parish. The parish, the diocese, and other Catholic institutions such as schools, movements, and associations are especially key for children who do not have two parents. Children may be without one or both parents for a variety of reasons, including death and illness, divorce, immigration, war, alcohol, and drug addictions, domestic domestic violence, abuse, political persecution, and unemployment are itinerant working conditions due to poverty. Sadly, sometimes husbands and wives and mothers and fathers separate, often for reasons demanding our compassion. The emotional upheaval suffered by children of separated couples who suddenly find themselves with a single parent or in a new family poses a challenge for bishops, catechists, teachers, and all who are responsible for the young. It is not a question of replacing their parents, but of collaborating with them. For a parish to actually be a family of families calls for concrete actions of hospitality and generosity. St. John Paul II said that opening the door of one's home and still more of one's heart is a mode of imitating Christ. To give help and to receive help are intimate things. No one, especially a child, parents struggling with unexpected crisis, Vulnerable elderly people or anyone who is suffering should be lonely in a parish family. There is no substitute for ordinary parishioners simply befriending and serving one another during the week, extending church beyond Sunday mornings. How lay people treat each other will determine whether a parish is fulfilling its mission in this way. This vision of parish life must be taught and modeled by clergy perhaps especially in large parishes where there can be a temptation to 
anonymity. But in the end, to make a parish alive in this way cannot be clericalized. This is a vision of church life that requires lay people. St. Paul told the people in Galicia that if you bear one another's burdens, then you will fulfill the law of Christ. By implication then, if we are not bearing one another's burdens, if we are leaving vulnerable families and single people to fend for themselves in loneliness, then we are selling ourselves short. If our lifestyles are not based on communion and service, then we cannot flourish. We were made for one another, and to live as that, if that were is not true is a sadness, a failure to fulfill the life-giving law of Christ. Hospitality to lonely children will naturally raise the question of adoption. St. John Paul II, speaking to our convocation of adopted families, once said, To adopt a child is a great work of love. When it is done, much is given, but much is also received. It is a true exchange of gifts. In this area, unfortunately, our time knows many contradictions. Despite the numerous children who, because of the death or inability of the parents, are left without a family, there are so many couples who decide to have no children for often selfish reasons. Others let themselves be discouraged by economic, social, or bureaucratic difficulties. Still others, in the desire to have their own child at any cost, go far beyond the legitimate help which medical science can offer procreation, even having recourse to morally reprehensible practices. Regarding these tendencies, it must be said that the norms of moral law are more than mere abstract, abstract principles, but safeguard the true good of man, <clears throat> in this case the good of the child with respect to the interests of his parents. St. John Paul II hoped that Christian families will be able to show greater readiness to adopt and foster children who have lost their parents or have been abandoned by them. He could venture this hope because the love that animates a Christian marriage is God's covenant, a love which is eternally hospitable and filled with life. Sexual intimacy between men and women raises the possibility of children. No other relationship carries this basic organic biological possibility. Marriage between a man and a woman brings this potential fertility in a spiritual context. Parenting is a spiritual vocation, for it ultimately means preparing our children to be saints. This bold ambition entails humble but important practices in the home, such as prayer and cultivating a spiritual disposition. It requires parents to be discerning about how a family engaged, engages in the wider culture. Introducing children to the Lord means that the domestic church will want to integrate with the parish as well as the wider universal church. The challenges of family life require support. No family can flourish on its own. To flourish, families need their parishes and their parishes need them. Lay people are needed to create and serve in these ministries. So here are some questions to think about. 
How does the marriage of a man and a woman differ from other closer lit friendships? Have you ever prayed with a child? How about reading the Bible with a child or discussing some other aspect of the faith? If you are not a parent yourself, are there children in your life who could use a friend or mentor? What are the habits of discernment? What does a vocational approach to life look like? What is a domestic church? How does the parish serve the family? And how does the family serve the parish? How can a family and a parish fulfill the law of Christ as described in Galatians 6 2? So, this was called The Family and the Church Depend Upon Each Other. God bless you. Have a good day.